When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is a Stand Up New York Labs production, providing you podcasts since 2013. When I go to Sacramento, I will pump up Sacramento. Sacramento, Sacramento, Sacramento. Turner Sparks just got married and has moved home to America after 12 years living in China. Sir Michael Ira Kaplan has two kids, a wife, a job, and has spent his entire life in the USA. Neither one can figure their country out. This is Lost in America. All right, everybody, welcome to Lost in America, episode 152. My name's Turner Sparks. My name is Michael Kaplan. You can find me at Turner Sparks on Instagram. You can find Kaplan at Cap in America on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, the show's on Instagram. Where are we, Cap? We're at Lost uh, in America Pod. Yes. Yeah. And and Lost in America Pod uh, on Twitter, right? No one uses Twitter anymore. I'm trying to promote Twitter. It's dead. I'm I'm thinking when everyone zags. You're worried about Twitter? I don't want to be known as... Well, because Instagram's owned by Facebook, which I've heard is like the devil this week. So I don't want to be supporting them too much. I don't watch... I don't read the news. You don't read the debate you watch the debates or anything facebook's they're not, not oh those debate they're still uh, doing debates yeah trump's gonna win why do we even <laughs> having a debate well if he loses facebook's in trouble so that's that's why i want to stay on the twitter side too because i know trump's pro twitter on the podcast today we have stand-up comedian nora yang visiting us from shanghai china how about that kaplan speaking of the news all right that's exciting it's good to, it's good to be back in the studio we're like we're actually recording here in our in stand up New York. You're just today. totally blowing over the fact that we have someone visiting us from Shanghai. What? No, I'm not blowing. Nora it is a fantastic comedian. She uh, started at uh, at our club, the Kung Fu Comedy oh, Club, okay. in well, Shanghai uh, years ago, and now she tours all over China doing comedy. And she's here in New York. She came to do a show with us at Kung Fu Comedy Club last week. She got flown out by the China Institute Ooh. to do our show. Did you ever the... get flown by the Chinese? Institute? No, they don't, they don't buy me a bus fare. Bus fare. Bus they, they don't give me a subway pass. <laughs> but she got flown out to do the show at uh, New York Comedy Club. So she did that last week. I was gone. You were gone. So they needed someone to replace okay. me. Oh. So they flew in Nora Yang. Oh wow! <laughs> <That's> a, <laughs> anyway, the, she's going to be she's Shanghai gonna, Express. They call it <laughs> exactly. Right. She's going to be here in a minute. It's pretty exciting. I want to talk about all about uh, what the China comedy scene's like now because I've been gone for three years, especially Chinese language. I mean, there's a million things to talk about. But Cap, before all that, I was just in New Mexico. I was in Carlsbad, New Mexico, and Lubbock, Texas, doing shows. Shout out to all of them. The shows were fantastic. Had a blast. Everyone there's really, really rich. Wow. They're all making Shout a lot of. 
all the rich people. Yeah, God bless them. They have all that oil money, baby. Oil shale, uh, fra- it's fracking. So they make oil, <laughs> gas, and then now all the new. Everyone's like, nah, we don't even do that anymore. Now it's all about water. Water. Yeah, you you they're s- making water. No, you sell water to the oil to the fracking people. They need water to shoot. They shoot water into the oh, right. oil that, or something. Yeah, it's a bit controversial, but yeah, that's, that's it's not controversial <laughs> at all, from what I can tell. <laughs> they say it might cause an earthquake. Yeah, that's the controversy. I think. Danny, if your house, else? if your house had the earthquake happening, you wouldn't be as. Into but it hasn't yet caused an earthquake. Oh, okay, so then we're good. Yeah, I, I, that's a big thing about America. Uh, we don't don't worry about it until it happens. Right. Well, exactly. Right. California has earthquakes every exactly. six months. It's the uh, fifth richest economy in the world. Right, They're exactly. doing okay. You just move on. Maybe it happens during a World Series, whatever. Exactly. But okay, so that's them. Great. They, and also, uh, Uncle Keith and I went to the Buddy Holly Museum in Lubbock, <laughs> Texas. It was fantastic. He's from there. So it was Merle Haggard. All these people. So if you want to, it's it's. I'm like, you talk about an influencer. Yeah, Buddy Holly. Was Buddy Holly. Forget these Instagram the, people. The glasses. Everything. Yeah, everybody. And oh, the Beatles. They said the beat. The Beatles said that they named themselves the Beatles after he was the Buddy Holly and the Crickets. Isn't that crazy? That's what it happened? Yeah. Oh. There's this yeah. video of like uh, all whatever uh, Paul McCartney there talking about how like it's his favorite musician of all time. Well, he was. My dad used to always say Buddy Holly, they, my parents had always said that you don't understand how big he was. Like, Underrated. Yeah. 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 It was amazing. I just know him from La Bamba. He was the other guy in the plane. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> He's like, it's going to be fine, Ricky. <laughs> That's blasting. Lighten up. Me. All right. Now I want to get to my hero of the week. Oh. On the plane last night, flying back from, uh, well, I guess I was in, yeah, Carlsbad, New Mexico. We were, like, delayed by five hours. It's now 8 p.m. We're supposed to take off at, like, 5. It's, like, 8.30. We're going to get in at 1 in the morning. We're on the plane, on a United flight, about to take off. Everyone's getting seated, and there's this commotion, like, three rows in front of us. And this one guy, uh, this guy's just standing up. And the flight attendant comes over, and she's talking to him, but I can't really hear what's going on. And then you come to find out, he's standing up because he's in a middle seat. And he claims he has uh, a condition where he can't <laughs> sit in the middle seat. What's the condition? Is, What's I, it called? He, it's like some kind I, of... I need to learn this. I have no idea. But it's some kind of like no nerve. Worries. It's like, yeah, it's like some... Oh, he has a... Uh, he gets... Uh, what's the thing where you get nervous? nervous? Claustrophobia. He's like, oh, I'm claustrophobic. I can't. I can't. I can't sit in the middle seat. I can't. And he's standing up. And he's like this probably 25-year-old guy. He has these like big Bose headphone speakers on. He has one of those wristbands like he just got back from like Bonnaroo. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? But like, is he like autistic like or something? A VIP? Or is he like... No, 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 no. no. He's just like a hipster, young kid, okay. like <laughs> millennial, like thinks... This is classic. This is like the biggest New York thing of all time. We're he's a New Yorker. New York. He's probably like a new New Yorker. You right, know what I'm saying? It. So he's like, I can't, I can't sit. And so the flight attendant's like, all right, does anyone want to... We're already three hours late. Does anyone want to ch- switch with this guy? And the person next to him, he's like, he already asked me. No, I'm not giving him my window. Yeah. And the other guy's like, I'm not giving him an aisle. He's like, well, someone has to, because I have a condition. And the guy sitting next to me, hero of the week, he stands up and he goes, body, body, body. This guy's like five rows in front of us. Body, body, body. And everyone thinks he's going to be like, yeah, come switch with me. He goes, body, body, body. Everyone gets quiet and he goes, sit up, sit down and shut up. This plane's got to take off. <laughs> and, everyone, and he gets quiet. And he goes, I'll switch with you. He's like, you will not switch with me. You'll sit down and shut up. And then he turns to me and the flight attendant. He goes, I'm sorry. I just can't deal with this shit. <laughs> and what happened? He sat down and he shut up. Really? We took off. And yeah. did he, he survived? He dealt with it. And now he's yeah. over his condition? Did That's he talk it. to him after the flight and be like, are you cured? I think he worked him through the condition. <laughs> he should have really called his bluff and just like spazzed out in the middle of the flight or something. And like, <laughs> just like started just like convulsing. I, I wanted to give this guy a round of applause. Like old school New Yorker versus new school New Yorker. Yeah. That's old real. school always wins. 
Well, I hope. It's a good message. That's a good message. Cap, uh, should we? We don't have any sponsors, do we? No, let's get to lost. Sponsors? Oh, Patreon. <laughs> Patreon. picked up some sponsors while you were gone. <laughs> Patreon, guys. We still have, I think our goal is still $30 more. We're still about, yeah, we picked up a few. We picked up a few more Patreon listeners. Guys, last week we talked about, I don't know, what did we? Oh, we talked about, I went to the comedy store in Hollywood, California. Yeah. So I did like a 30-minute breakdown of the difference between New York City comedians, L- New York City comedy, LA comedy, the whole scene, and the com- ins and outs of the comedy I store. I recap my time here seeing Artie Lang, the great Artie Lang, back with his broken, coked-up nose. Exactly. So, yeah, which which is great, by yeah. the way. I wanted to be at that show. That's it. All right, let's get to Lost so, in America. And go find us on Patreon, people. Play the music. Before we get to Lost in America, for Patreons, because we got to say we forgot to say where, go to lostinamericapod.com. There's a, a banner right there, and you'll uh, that'll take you to our Patreon page where you can sign up for five dollars a month. You can listen to our show every Thursday, the wrap-up show for this show. Two shows a week, five dollars a month. It's not a better deal in town. It's a great deal, and we need it, guys, because producer Matt's not free. I'm about to have to move to New Jersey. Yeah, he turns so. I'm about to have to pull my kids out of school. They can't afford public school at this rate. <laughs> can't afford public school. <laughs> Cap, you're lost in America this I week. Am, What's going and on? speaking of things, yeah, that might, that might happen to you if you don't get your Patreon money. Last, uh, you know, last week, uh, last Sunday, um, we, I took the kids out to a carnival doing a daytime activity. Randy was out in Westchester, and I started feeling this little stomach pain. A little heart, little, little stomach pain, and, not, and this is what happened. I mean, people remember when I had a heart attack, right? I hope I'm Everybody remembers. <laughs> so when I had a heart attack, you might remember it all started with like this pain in the stomach, and then I was throwing up a lot. Oh yeah. So I, re- I, I realized this day that I got a problem. This is going to be a problem going forward. Is that I can't really tell the difference between stomach pain and chest pain, and and if the pain is the same as the pain I had then. So I started to notice that I have the same pain, and I was like, all right, whatever. Go on. You is gotta- it like heartburn? It's like what I think is heartburn. I could describe it as heartburn, but I don't actually know what heartburn is because I'm not... You never had heartburn? I mean, I don't think I've had a heartburn. I always say this is heartburn, but maybe... I don't know. I'm a survivor. Yeah, I take Tums. I'm a heartburn survivor. I've had it my whole life. I don't think I have it because whenever I take Tums, it doesn't do anything for what I think is heartburn, so I probably don't have it. Okay. So I'm there. I'm All day long, I'm doing things with the kids. Uh, I'm getting a little more anxious and feeling not so great. And finally, Randy comes home. Um, and I start telling her this and she's like, you should go to urgent care and urgent care is closed. So I was like, ah, maybe I'll be all right. Um, and then I just, it keeps going on and I start thinking like, I'm always the type who just doesn't go to the doctor, you know? But yeah. if I learn one thing from the heart attack, it's like, do you gotta do the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta, so I, I talk myself into this idea. It's a beautiful night out. I'm going to jump on the ferry. I'm going to go to NYU. I'm going to pop into the emergency room. They're going to do an AKG. Pop into the Bing, bang. I'm out of there in an hour and a half. I have, I'll bet, Can I, I ask a question? Have you ever been to an emergency room? <laughs> yes. I, well, you don't pop in and out. No, you do not. Okay. But I thought I'll at least get seen quickly because I've had a heart attack before. And if I say I'm having a heart attack, they're going to put me in front of the line. It's like being, uh, it's like clear. Exactly. It's like having clear at the exactly. airport. It's like TSA pre-check. TSA it's everything. pre-check, a heart attack. It's like being a celebrity. <laughs> so I take the ferry. I get over there. Um, 
And, and my doctor wasn't on. I called to get my doctor's advice ahead of time, but my doctor like wasn't on. He sent somebody else coming back, and she had a terrible bedside manner. She, I started talking to her, like doing shtick almost, and she cuts me off. She's like, look, I don't know your story, but if you have anything similar to what you, if you're feeling at all similar to what you felt like when you had a heart attack, get to the emergency room immediately. So I went to the emergency room. I pop in. Just like I thought, they take me immediately, have an EKG. Oh, so it is like TSA pre-check. But then they got to take blood. So to all the listeners out there, if you ever go to the emergency room, say you've had a heart attack before. Say that. They don't check. Nice. There's no... You know, because this is the thing, like, you know, I, I, I've I had the heart attack in Vermont, right? But everything I do is in NYU Hospital now. So throughout this whole process, I, I, all my doctors and everything, you think, like, all that stuff that's online and everything, they don't know anything. So they ask you all these questions. Like you're just going off your word? They go off your word and they ask you all these questions. I retold the – I was like, listen, I wanted to promote the pod. But- <laughs> listen to this podcast and give it to every doctor on duty because I retold my heart attack story to every single person there, it seemed like. The emergency room has an honor system? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much the honor system. So I go in there and then they take, they bring me in and I, sh- and they bring me into a room and they take my blood and they, you know, I'm getting, you know, it's, I'm getting this, I'm, I'm having flashbacks to the feelings, but I'm in a better spirits than I had when I was in Vermont. Obviously I'm not dying. And then around, it goes on for a couple hours and finally a doctor comes by and says, you know what? I think you're okay. You're not having a heart attack. I'd like to keep you overnight for observation. Uh-oh. And I'm like, okay, let's... Uh, <laughs> That's after a few hours. I've been there a couple... It takes, still takes a while. You're sitting yeah. in the emergency room and you're here. And, you know, when you're in the emergency room and you're healthy, it's a different perspective than when you're dying. Like, I don't have any observations from other people when I had my heart attack. Yeah. But this, I'm like noticing every other person who's in much worse sh- shape than I am. You know, so it's a whole... And you're like, Yeah, because you're clear-headed. You're clear-headed and you're like, God, this is... I got to get out of here. This is yeah, like freaking me out. Yeah, it's a homeless shelter. It's pretty much. So I go... Now they take me to a room to stay overnight and i'm in a room with like wow so you did have to stay overnight? i had to stay overnight they're like we're observation oh my, oh my god oh boy here we go observation and it's like the next day is columbus day which is i'm off from work <laughs> the kids are off from school it's a beautiful day i'm planning to take them to the zoo see this is why if you lived in if you still lived in california that wouldn't even be an issue because columbus day is not a holiday god damn it i gotta move to california i get a heart attack whenever <laughs> i want um so i go up i go up the uh up to the new room and now i'm in a room with like Three guys who are in real shit shape. They're just like, one guy's like coughing on, like, you know, these guys are like, they sound like the people, you know, they sound like me, you know, earlier this year. Yeah. They're, and I'm like, oh, I guess, how do you sleep? Like, it's like you don't, I, I was freaking out. I'm like, I'll be up all night. Like, you can't. But then there is, there's just something I noticed about me. I don't know about, have you ever been in night emergency room or hospital or anything? Uh, not overnight. There's like a thing your brain does for, at least for me, where it's like you, um, I just slept, like, cause they come in and they just. This is what they do in hospitals. They take your blood at like all hours, and they just like. There's no like, oh, sorry to wake you. It's just like barreling in, <laughs> blood pressure, blood. <laughs> and when you're all weak and whatever, and you're dying, you don't care. But when you're like trying to get a good night's sleep, you're like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> but but you have this power to go back to sleep immediately and fight through it. So I sleep through, and then my doctor comes in at about seven in the morning. My actual doctor showed up, Doctor Shaw, great guy. He didn't have to do that. And he checks in. He's like, I just want to check on you. You're fine. You, you, everything looks good. But why don't you just stay here? have a stress test just to be safe it's like have you wait so you were fine i was fine so you spent a completely healthy just night sleeping in a hospital yes and this is great (laughs) so oh i I should have backed up when i was on this is that cost so when i was on the fence about should i go or not i remember thinking like oh i've used up i double checked i went online looked at my oxford i've used up all of my deductible all of my out-of-pocket stuff for the year okay so normally emergency room is like a 700 dollars copay or whatever but I was like, they're not going to charge me anything. I know it. it's free. Even so, I came in and they're like, I should do it now because the year's going to reset soon, and I'll be like, then I'll be screwed again for my false alarm. Get a good night's sleep. Get a good night's sleep away from the kids. This is actually fantastic. <laughs> I'm not getting poked. I got to take them to school. I got to make lunches. So yeah, because the administrator comes in and and this is better than the standard. Exactly. <laughs> there was no poet in residence. I guess that was me. But, but there's a you know you know. 
notice all these things you sign when you're actually dying, you don't care. You're just like, sign this, sign this. Now I'm like, wait, what? I'm reading the fine print. Yeah. So yeah, some Oxford guy had me sign something that I was going to owe seven at my copay. And I'm like, no, 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 you better check that. I don't think I owe anything. Go. Yeah. I was right. So yeah, I go in there for nothing. Um, but now I'm spending the entire day. But my penalty was this. The stress test. I go back to sleep. I get. It's like a weekend. I sleep in. It's 9.30. <laughs> I start talking to the nurse. And she's like, oh, they're not, they don't have time till 2.30. For this stress test of mine. So, so now I have to wait till 2.30 in the afternoon to take it. Because my doctor, just to be safe, wanted me to take a stress I test. I mean, now it's turning into jail. Now it's like jail. It's like it's like if you were in, yeah, when you're like wrongly convicted and you're like, yeah. I'm going to get out. My lawyer says I'll be out in a couple hours. I made <laughs> yeah. bail. Because I said to the doctor, I was like, do you think I could get out of here this morning? Because I, my, I don't want to have to my nanny to come. Now that's only costing money. I want to take the kids to the zoo. He's like, well, I don't know when they have an opening. We'll see. And then it was 2.30. And just to fast forward ahead, it was a, it was like a, there's a thing you do, uh, people are, our older listeners might've had stress tests before you just run on a treadmill and they just like observe you and just make sure your heart's working. I've okay. had it too. This was a more complicated one where they like, actually you can't, they're going to inject you with stuff to have your heart like act differently and take pictures of you like x-rays and they're going to have you run the treadmill. Um, and so you can't drink any coffee all day. No caffeine. Uh-oh. So this is like real jail. And you can't eat. You can't, they give me like one. They this let me, is like real They let me jail. have like Cheerios a little bit, like a, a half a bowl. And like, that's all you can eat at like 9 o'clock when I woke up. So now I really realize that I, I talked to last week or a few weeks ago about how Yom Kippur, the day of atonement, I didn't fast because my doctor said I, I, I wasn't allowed. Oh, yeah. Now I, I got, God got his revenge. <laughs> I had to fast all day. I had no... Randy told me to pack a bag, bring books, bring chargers. I was a confident. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not bringing anything. I literally showed up there with nothing, but like, you know, my phone. So now it's like real jail. I'm sitting around. Uh, I did. I killed the stress test, by the way. Like they were like stunned right. at how well I'm running. So it was a total false alarm. I was there for about 24 hours. And my, this is what I want to, we'll talk about this in the future, but I want to make at some point, like keep a track of like over under and how many false alarms I get a year. Because I'll probably do, you think I'll do one a year, or what do you think I'll do? False alarm? Like, how many times, like, what's the goal? Like, I'm going to go to the emergency room when I should, going forward. Should I try to make it once every 18 months? I would say what you'll probably go, like, twice a year. That's, yeah, that's going to get expensive and a pain in the ass. But, all right, it is good. The kids are acting up. I threaten them. I'm off to the emergency room, kids. <laughs> Look what you made me do. Daddy needs some sleep. Yeah, so everyone, I'm okay. I'm all okay right. if you're aware. Right. Cap's okay uh, for anyone who already knew that story. I didn't tell anybody. <laughs> I told my mom, like, that night after I got out. I didn't tell I was in the hospital all day. Oh, I'm like, Good. And Good you know idea. how I said it to her? Last thing I'll say is I said, Mom, I got to tell you something because you'll probably hear it on the podcast. <laughs> nice. All right. Let's bring Nora Young in. Come on in. All right. We're back with Nora Young. Nora, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, guys. I am fine. <laughs> we told you to scream because Kaplan and I are so loud. We said we told Nora off air she has to speak loud, and that was perfect. Thank you. I had a big breakfast to get myself ready for this podcast. Ramped up nice. the breakfast of podcast. What did you eat? Have you been eating uh, yeah, American breakfast? No, just like regular burger. Because um, <laughs> burger. I was jet um, lag. Yeah, I was a bit still jet lag. I've been here for a week, but I'm still jet lagging because I have a really packed schedule, and then you know things in New York are really exciting. How was the show? The Kung Fu Comedy Show. It was great. I really loved the venue. I mean, it's. Just awesome. New it's York like Comedy so- Club? Yeah. Yeah. This place is good, too. Stand up New York. But yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it, it, and then I get a lot of people from China Institute to come over to watch a show. So 
it was just like very good week. I even have people from China Institute. They follow me to my all shows. I luckily got on four shows altogether. Wait, you had people come to every show? Yeah. But, wow. Yes, there's like one lady. She come to all the shows. Some people come to like two or three shows. The lady was like, I have two daughters and I want my daughter to be like you. I was Whoa. Like, Thank you for the compliment. That's amazing. <laughs> What's the yeah. China Institute? You mentioned this earlier. Can you explain this? I'm not 100% sure. <laughs> I don't know if it's like this. Uh, is it funded by the Chinese government or is it independent? I don't think it's China government funding it, but I'm sure it gets a lot of funding because it's a nonprofit. I think it got, gets funding locally as well, um, but they're expanding. So that's why they have this like new office and they have like a lot of under construction stuff. And uh, yeah, it looks pretty legit. And Joe Schaefer went there, though, and he said it was all white people. Yeah. But people, <laughs> people live there? Or are they... Or are they no, 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 it's, it's not just, like a YMCA. Oh, okay. It's like... Uh, <laughs> people, it's like... Right? A, um, it's just, is it to spread Chinese culture? Is that the idea? Yeah. Yeah. They also have like um, classes teaching a kids Chinese. So oh. they have like classroom. I guess it's Maybe just I'll like bring spreading. My kids. I think it's like, gotcha. like funded. I would imagine, I'm guessing, but I imagine it's funded by like rich Chinese people who want Chinese culture to be spread in America. It's like a birthright Maybe. kind of like thing. Birth, <laughs> like the Jews do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so uh, I'm not 100% sure of that, but I would imagine. We'll go with it, that. That's what it feels like. All right? Right, Matt's not correcting you, so he didn't. Yeah, he, he didn't, didn't know. <laughs> so cool. So the shows are good. So um, what? Okay, so you've been here a week. Can we talk? I want to talk about comedy in China because I've been gone for three years. Mm, yeah. So, what are you doing? Is it Chinese language, English language, or both? Or what are you? What are you doing? I do both um, in China, and I'm also thinking about adding Japanese to it. I've done like Japanese shows one time, and uh, that was totally different, by the way. So. It's not like, you know, Chinese and English, we have something in common in terms of, you know, the punchlines or like the humor. But then the Japanese one is just like entirely different. So I'm still working on that. How? How? Wait, how? How is American and Chinese humor the same? You will be surprised. And then Japanese different. You will be very surprised. I think probably because, you know, Chinese stand-up, we took a lot of the spirit from Western culture of Western stand-up. So you can tell there's a similarity in yeah, terms yeah, of yeah. the form of art, right? But then Japanese comedy, they already have their traditional form, which live long until today. So they have like manzai and then konto and etc. Um, and those things are, you know, young people are after that. It's a very mature industry. They don't need or they don't need Western stand-up culture that badly than Chinese people do. Mm. So those type of humor have been there forever, and it's very, very traditionally Japanese. For example, I think like tempo or like the speed of jokes is extremely important in Japanese comedy, but not as much in Chinese or English. You can you will see people doing slow jokes or fast jokes here but then in Japan it's usually very fast tempo you don't see someone who do very slow joke just just not like that okay yeah. like a storytelling jokes are not Japanese or you mean like they don't they yeah they don't do storytelling they're more um for them the mo- most common one is uh we call it like um which is like you roast the other people ish you diss the other people so <laughs> yes, okay. like one person is being stupid the other person like diss him or her and then uh, <laughs> even if you're that's doing that's like them, our show <laughs> <laughs> Wow, I don't know that you guys are not friends. But um, anyway, so, <laughs> um, yeah, like it's, it's entirely different. But well, in China, I do like Chinese and, and English. And I think um, you've been away from China for three years. And the reason three years has been a huge development stage for Chinese comedy in general. Yeah, when I left, it was like, well, first of all, when I started, to your point, like, so the, with the Japanese thing, I know that they started, there was people doing stand-up in Japanese, like foreign people, mm. in like the 90s. 
but it but is never it English? built. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like, but it never built at all. It never yeah. grew at all. And that could be like the people who started it, maybe. Like, yeah. we're, I don't know. But anyway, it didn't connect with the mm-hmm. culture. Mm-hmm. We started in like the end of 2009, was the first time I did stand up. There was zero stand up in the country of China. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's like on TV, it's everywhere. Yeah. Right? So it, it grew like 10 years. I yeah. mean, like super quick. But also, when I left, I think that the Chinese, like, what year did you start doing stand up? Uh, end of 2016. End. Oh, so I yeah. was I was already gone. Yeah. Oh yeah, because I left in August. So, but when I started, I mean, when I left, there was like open mics at our club, mm-hmm. op- Chinese language open mics. But mm-hmm. everyone was like open micers. No one was yeah. famous. Yeah. And then I came back like a year and a half later to visit, and all those open micers were on TV. <laughs> I was like, what the hell happened? They were all yeah. famous and like make. So how did it work? I mean, like, how does? Well, like what? Like Drew was telling me the other day about Pucha. Oh yeah. What? Can you uh, explain what that is? So well, now they've renamed back to Fun Factory. So they have this company called Fun Factory, which should be the biggest comedy company in China. And what they do is they produce like online shows. They also do like live comedy. And then, um, so um, I think it's really the TV show that they produce, which is one is a knockoff of uh, the Rose, and the other one is what they call like. Uh, the talk show contest, which is actually a stand-up contest. And these th- two shows um, really bring the audience interest of stand-up in general and then bring people to kind of watch live show o- offline. So I think it's really a good timing. Like a lot of the people that you see on TV, they have not been doing stand-up for that long. But the very fact that they are good with that five minutes or 10 minutes on TV, people think they are great and they'll come to see them alive offline. And then uh, it brings more audience to, you know, to get to know um, offline comedians. And that's how they bring up the industry in general. That was like the 80s in America. That was the I whole, like, the boom of the 80s is everyone had, they would go do, like, five minutes on a late night show, yeah. uh, Johnny Carson or something, and then they would, boom, they'd be headlining the comedy clubs around the United States based off that five-minute set. Yeah. But but the idea of Pooch, or whatever it's called Fun now, Factory, Fun yeah. Factory, is in, is so different because the thing, the way you start as a comedian and grow in the United States is you just you just do it. So whereas this, like, Fun Factory, I guess, is... Uh, they sign comics to contracts at open mic level. Everyone signs a contract with this company, and then you... This is what Drew was telling mm-hmm. me. You can tell me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. This is according to Drew Freilich. So if I'm wrong, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's wrong. <laughs> he was saying you would sign. they would come around and try to sign everybody to a contract, and then once you sign with them, you're locked in with them, and you can only perform with them and perform in their shows and make money. They almost pay you... He was explaining... He was saying they pay you a salary to be a comedian. And then they can you, but anytime they need you to write for one of their TV shows, you're working. You're basically working for them. You're an employee of that company. Hmm. But that seems um, logical. Well, first of all, is that true? I would say it's not correct. Um, true, right? Like giving me fake news. Wait, how does it work He's, then? So uh, I think still, like people are starting. As an open micer in China, there are different clubs. Uh, there are very few different clubs. For example, there's Fun Factory. There's also like Dandelion in Beijing, and there's uh, these are the Chinese clubs. You know, like I think altogether in Shanghai now there are like maybe five, six different clubs, um, but like few of them are company based. So few of them had the uh, uh, you know certificate to sign. Um, talents, and what people do is still like you, you do, and then I think there's like less and less of a barrier between different clubs, especially on the open mic level. You can you can go to anywhere to perform, and then even for like showcases, um, I think that they are open up 
opening up for talents to go to shows of different clubs. Um, unless it's a headline show, then if you belong to one club, then you can only do what the club organized for you. But so what does that mean, a, belong to one club? That they, means they sign you to a contract, say, yeah, like all that. They sign okay, so that is kind of true. That is kind of true. Or maybe but it's it was not, more true a few years ago. Yeah, they're not signing everyone because it's still like kind well, of. Of course, not everyone. Some people yeah. suck. And then also, they are not. <laughs> they're not paying people to be a comedian. Oh, so, that's where Drew got it wrong. Yeah. So Drew what said, it? "Drew's such a liar," because he yeah. told me on the plane yesterday that they came to him and offered him a contract. They, they were like going to pay him twenty or thirty thousand RMB a month, which is like really? is that? three or four thousand dollars. To be a comedian and only no? work for them. He said no because he was about to move back to America. And he was like, they had a bunch of restrictions on what you were allowed to say and all that kind of stuff. You know? Mm. Yes. Well, that, I mean, the restrictions, I do believe on that with the contract. But I don't believe, well, at least I was not aware of that they will pay you to be a full-time comedian. That's not correct because the company cannot afford to have that many people, you know, just do comedy. Yeah. Maybe he's, you know. Drew I mean, is just such a big name. Drew Maybe they a, pay him. They don't pay everybody. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's because Drew is the you know one of the unique talent um, in the in the in the industry. But what I heard is that they will try to contrast some um, writers. For example, like some of the com- com- comedians, they will write for the shows. That's true. But it's not all of them, and it's it's like the entry barrier is getting higher and higher because they only need they only have like these shows, and then they only need these writers. Well, I think maybe like three or four years ago, um, there wasn't many comedians at all maybe, in the yeah. whole country. Maybe that was what so happened. So they just showed up at our club and were like, yeah, you guys are all good. You're comedians. Yeah. Everybody, let's go. And then they were, because yeah. uh, I know a bunch of people who got off for contracts. But anyway, so you started only, what, like three years ago? Yeah. And now you're famous, right? I am not. <laughs> yeah, you are. How big's your YouTube? Or what's the channels? Like, do they have like channels? Or is that... It's not YouTube. It's uh, Yoku. Yeah. Yoku. No, I. Yeah, I am not that famous. Is that is that why you have me on the podcast? Yeah, you're you're like, not yeah, get famous, out of here. Get out. Yeah. We oh. only have. If you go through our history of our guests, we only have the most famous. Oh, you see the names. Oh, real heavy hitters here. That's why Drew hasn't done it yet. <laughs> he didn't sign that contract. What? Um, so what's it been like for you? How has you? How? What's the progression been like? Um, wait. So now there's like five stand-up Chinese language stand-up clubs. Oh, uh, I think there's some, like more than that in Shanghai, but like the other ones. Wow. Are very small. Like if you define club, so they will have a club name and they will have a venue to it, and they will have their own like you know ticketing channel. But that's it. There's nothing. There's not like event, about There's them. not an actual space. Um. Yeah. Only maybe one to two of them. A lot of them are just like renting places out of other restaurants or bars. Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. not like specific show, to them. Bar show. Type thing. Um. But yeah. Like and then they don't have any you know specific talent to their club, so it's very flexible. But the very reason why there are a lot of different branding is because people want to have more open mics. And now the people who want to do stand-up or want to try open mic is so many that you need more venues opening up. And the companies like Fun Factory or Danny Ren, they're not able to produce that many open mics venues. So then the other people are like, oh, how about I just start up with a venue and then do all the ticketing and then all, invite all the audience and put oh, more. Oh, yeah, that's like here. Yeah, but there's many people who want to... Oh, see open mics as you want to do them or want to see comedy in general? Like the crowd, the audience. <laughs> is there an both, audience? Yeah, yeah, there is both, yeah. There's a good audience? There's a good audience, yeah. Like yeah. when I was doing stand-up 
or like open mics in China, I was frustrated if I only see like 10, 20, 30 people as open mic audiences. And I came to, yeah. <laughs> and I came to US, I was like, oh my goodness, I'm spoiled. Like, yeah. it's just, it's because it's new. new. It's new. It's like exciting. Yeah. Oh yeah. There would be at our club, like 50 audience members would show up to watch an open mic. Yeah. Is there a translation thing? They know the, open, no, <laughs> not, no, it's a lot. Of, even yeah. expats would do that too. Yeah. It was yeah. just the fact of like, there's so less things to do. Yeah. Their yeah. only difference um, of comedy in general in China is that the open mics in English are all free still, but the open mics in Chinese are all charged. Wait, you have to pay to go watch an open mic? <laughs> yes. If it's in and Chinese. then it's full house. Oh. Cause, really? Because yeah. people pay more. So they're paying, so they're going to... But is it a real go. open mic? They like anyone pay. can get on stage? Um, the... The organizers will try to make sure the percentage is reasonable. For example, only 30% are like pure, pure open micers. Yeah. With the rest open are still experienced. <laughs> yeah. So it's not easy here, to start. If you, if you had, I think you'd have a class action lawsuit if you if you tried to charge people to go watch an open mic in New York City. Because <laughs> here, open mic sucks. I've <laughs> yeah, of course. I've seen a few like, I guess... Um, here is like more of a sign up like you just go there and sign up but then back in China you have to submit your script if you're pure pure nobody name so you have to submit a script what? and then people were like okay you are funny and then they will put, give you like five the minutes the script of what you'll say that night or a script or just, yeah here it's like a t- you've seen in a video you know, if oh. you want to get booked on a show, not an open mic. Okay, open I'm mic talking about open mics. But it's still, so you submit, who, who has time to read people's scripts? Like, <laughs> I mean, the, like a, here's my screenplay. The, the <laughs> venue, that big venue, the big clubs, for example, Feng Shui or Dan Ren, they will read the script. So Why not will, just watch a video? Why not be like, here's my video? I guess if people are new to stand-up, they've never been on the stage before, so they oh. only have the script. I should submit a script. To yeah, so that almost book. sounds like you're talking about well, I mean, I know you are because it's. I, I used to do those in China too. That what we call an open mic in China is essentially what we would call a show here. Really? If you're charging people to get in, and but you, you only to, have and five you have minutes. To submit a, if you have to submit a script, it's just oh, a, yeah. yeah, you only have five minutes. But there's it's plenty not a, of shows that are only five minutes. The oh. length of time is not okay. the difference. Look, also, open mics in New York are like two minutes, three minutes. Well, right. I guess that's a difference then. Yeah. yeah so that's what's happening. Because uh, there almost needs like to be an extra level of like. Garbage comedy <laughs> in Shanghai yeah. that you can do first for a while before you get before you submit. So what? So they'll read the script and be like, "This is funny or not funny?" Yeah, that's what I heard. So it's actually quite difficult for new people to come up because first of all, you have to be script solid. Your script you, has to be solid. Yeah, because otherwise, if you're a performing type, then then your script is not that funny, and then people might not just get you on the open. But mic. it's so odd because you're submitting something that isn't going to be indicative of what you're about right, to if do. If you're a performer. You, you might not sit. write. It might not look that good written, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Or I vice versa. Look, what comedians know how to write? <laughs> yeah, you could you could be a great writer actually and a terrible comic, like, <laughs> or the opposite. Yeah, you just get up there and read the script. <laughs> I know I know comedians who don't know how to read. <laughs> so what are they gonna? They don't know. They're not gonna be able to write a piece of paper well, that, now. That's a but difference. then they kill on stage. Yeah. That's a difference. I'm sure that Turner, you've been in China for a while. You know that like. Overall, for stand-up, like the average age for audience is way younger. The average age for yeah, comedians yeah, are way yeah. younger. You're right. Yeah. So they are like they are all the millennial people. They are the new generation people. Oh, millennials. So. Millennials. Whatever yeah. that word is. Yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, that's a difference. Oh, cool. I think they can submit videos, but I just see more people submitting script than video because they've yeah. never performed. And for you, you started. Did you start at our club? Was I right? Yes. Or was I? Yes. Was I? Did I pull Drew Freilich? No. I, I did. I did. I did my first Chinese and English. Well, English first, English and Chinese open mic at Kung Fu. Yeah. Yeah. So. And that was through you. Just talk, you just asked Andy. 
I asked Andy because um, I was I was watching the show at Takeout back then in Hong Kong. Oh yeah. So he gave me the official account of uh, Kung Fu Comedy, and then I just reached out to Andy and say, "Can I get on the spot?" And then Andy was like, "But you're a Chinese. Why don't you also do Chinese stand up?" And that's oh, yeah. how I started. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then now, are you signed with one company like we were talking about earlier? Or are you like freelance? You can do anything. I've actually just signed before I came here. Oh, just this signed. No, like uh, <laughs> before I came to uh, New York. Uh, okay, yeah. so when you sign, this is great. So which one? Who'd you sign? Oh, the Fun Factory. Oh, the, the Fun Factory. One. Oh, yeah. sorry. I, I didn't out. say anything bad about them. <laughs> it's okay. So I'm being also objective of uh, what the company is doing. So, um, what, so what does that mean for you? They, if you're signed with a company... Yeah, what does that mean if you're signed with a company? Um, like they've, they, I think they approached me before as well, but then I guess they gave me different... Um, terms or like picture than what they give Drew because they never asked me to be a full time. Uh, listen, here's I the was... thing: Drew's a established liar, <laughs> so we don't believe anything he says. So that could be totally false. I'm just saying that, like, I guess they approach to people in a different way because I always ha- also have a job. So I guess they know that I wouldn't be able to quit my job and do it full time. Ah. Um, so they approached me before, but I guess before they also have a less clear view of how they want to do English stand-up. They have no business in English stand-up at all. And that's why I was like, okay, I wanted to do both. So um, um, I'm not ready to, or I'm not sure, you know, how the company and I can be have, you know, more of a common interest at that point. Yeah. But now they reach out to me because um, I think they did a, they did a few Chinese shows in Melbourne or Sydney, I can't remember. So they organized shows there, but because of the TV shows, they're able to sell tickets. And then it was a full house, I think a thousand people venue for Whoa. English stand up. For English, but Chinese. Oh, sorry, for Chinese stand up. Okay. For Chinese stand up. Wow, stand-up. thousand so, people. And then, uh, so they came up to me and they were like, okay, so uh, we got success in Chinese stand up abroad. We wanted to do more shows like that, but it would be great if we can have comics also do English. That's and awesome. They don't have any, you know, comedians that do dual languages yet yeah. so they reached out to me again and I was like if that's the case I'll be happy to be on board because I would love to do more shows and have people organize for me yeah <laughs> so does that um, what does that mean like um, so you do stand up with them and are you going to write f- for them or I don't wh- have to write them what it's it just mean? pure like talent contrast so I don't work for them oh. so back to your oh that's question, way better than Drew a little bit yeah, yeah so like what Drew is saying that it's true that they will sign some of the con some of the comedians to do stand up, but also to write script for them. Like everything has to be with that. Them. That's called like writer. That's what they contract. offered him a while ago. Um, yeah. But there's also like contract as an operation contract, which means they will sign some of the kids who just graduated, who doesn't have a job, and then but they have some operation work for them to do. For example, I don't know what it is like running offline shows, you know this and that, and then they will Wait, give like them what? A, running shows. You know, oh, have you open like- mics. You know, so organize the venue. The, oh, really? It's like someone's job to organize an open mic. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, because you have to do ticketing. You have to do, <laughs> you know, this and that, you know. Yeah, this doesn't sound like an open mic. Um, but yeah, so like open mics or even showcases, they need like staff. Yeah. So because they, now they have like two venues that, that, that they decorated or like that they own. So they need people to help run the shows there. Sounds like a comedy club. Yeah, they, But not like own the comedy club, but okay. more like running the club. You know, like do the music, do the timing. They go into some other venue. Just the two venues that they own. They need people on spot because they now, they do a lot of shows every week. Like they have open mics um, twice a day from weekdays. And then they also have showcases on weekend. 
Can I ask a question? And if you don't have to answer it, we can cut it out if you're not allowed to answer uh-huh. it. Is this all, from what I understand, it's this all came about, because in America, this isn't a necessity to have some company come run an open mic or run a show. It's, it's not. It's not necessary. It's not. But it is it necessary in China because you need a permit to run all these kind of things. And so then they're a company that can actually like get make it legal for mm-hmm. this to happen. Is that why that they well, exist? Is that why they're necessary? Um, but you still need people to, like, for example, ticketing is a very important part in terms of all the shows. So you need people to be at the door. You need people to, di- you know, direct people. So I guess Chinese com- like audience are not used to stand up. So they're used to go to a show-like places where you have a very organized team on the ground. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, here they get comedians to do that for free. <laughs> yeah, and that's in exchange not the case. for stage time. Yeah. yeah, that's totally not the case. Like comedians are just don't touch anything. You just go there and do your spot. Oh my gosh, you guys! Are so I know, I know. And another reason why we need ticketing, a lot of people, like a lot of Chinese audience, like comedians, are asking me, you know, Nora, how come you guys don't charge for English open mics? I was like, because that's never the case, you know, for for the, for the culture. And they were like, but. If you don't charge them, then they will just not show up, even if they RSVP. So that's the biggest concern. Oh, oh the, the audience, audience people just RSVP yeah. everything. So you have yeah. to have a very, you know, the, the, the open mic is very cheap compared with whatever is happening in Shanghai. Yeah. But then you just make sure that, okay, people will show up, even in a you know, heavy storm or, you know, in a bad weather or yeah. this and that. That's the guarantee of, of things. Cool. And also because it's been super popular, so you need to nice. make sure that you don't oversell or don't overbook. Open mics? Open mics are super That's popular. Super yeah. <laughs> English language ones? The Chinese ones. Oh, the Chinese ones. Yeah. I That's remember like the minute it. those started, Storm Shoe started those maybe like five years ago at mm-hmm. our club. And like immediately they were selling out. Maybe not five. Yeah, about five years ago, 2014, 15. The Chinese language. The open mics? Friday night open mics at really? like 6 p.m. The yeah. open mics? Yeah, okay. 6 p.m. Friday night. Yeah, he was doing them early. He, that was his theory. He was like, our shows were at 8 and 10 right. or something. Uh-huh. He's like, no, just give me like 6, maybe it was like 6 to 7. Uh-huh. He's like, people come off work, come straight here. And we're like, that's never going to work. And yeah. it immediately worked. That would not work in America. Yeah. Friday night especially. <laughs> yeah, like, That's yeah, what yeah. we do, watch an open mic with my happy lan- hour. The Lantern has Friday night <laughs> comedy. Oh. Yeah. And then, um, I, cool. And you're in, you're just, this is your, you're about to leave New York. You've been here a week. Yeah. And you'd been here. Have you been here before? Or you, you mentioned, but not working. I'm here just visiting before. Uh, before. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What do you think of, uh, what do you think of our fair city? What do you the, think of New York? <laughs> What's your, what are your thoughts? Well, Any observations? <laughs> I love New York because it has the same initial as my name. Um. Oh, that is a good reason. <laughs> China, is there any cities that are MK? No. <laughs> uh, I wanna, can I get back to China for a second? Yeah, yeah. What about the audiences? Like, um, so when I left, it most people had n- no idea what stand-up comedy was. Had never heard of it. Yeah. Right. Uh, like regular people, and like no one's mom would know what stand-up comedy yeah. was. Yeah. Is it still the same now, or has that changed? Um, or like when people find out you're a comedian, and I'm not saying like you're friends, I just mean like random people, yeah. like what is it? What's yeah, the what's the reaction? reaction? Yeah. So now at this very point, they will be very impressed because they've seen the TV shows and they're like, oh, you you are one of these people like in the on the talk show or on a TV show. Yeah. However, they still 
are need to be more educated on the form of art. For example, in the Chinese show, especially in open mic, the host will always start with this. Okay, stand up is a very new form of art from oh. the Western world, and also it could be offensive. There could be some, you know, regionalism. You have to make sure that you can take care. It's not personally. They really? have to say that. Regionalism. They need to say that here. Oh, really? <laughs> they don't. They should. Uh, okay. Trigger, trigger warnings. <laughs> trigger warnings before yeah, comedy people shows. People just like fire That's away it. right away. But then in China, you have to make sure because people get Does anyone offended. then leave? When there he makes are the people. announcement? I have, like... I'm aware of this. <laughs> Just get up. I want a refund. <laughs> That's a great idea. I like that. Like, you have no idea. Like, I have... Like, when I was host. doing an English show, after show, I was murdering it. And everybody came to me. When you were what? I was killing it. Oh, murdering, murdering it. Oh, murdering. Yeah, yeah. Is it? Oh, you didn't know? You don't sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Turner just never kills. So yeah, I'm not familiar with that term. <laughs> yeah. um, I slaughter it. So anyways, um, it was a great show, and then people just came to me. They mostly give me compliments. I was used to people come over. I just give them a hug and say thank you. Until this one lady, she's a Chinese, she came to me, and I hug her, and she started crying on my shoulder, and she was like, why do you say those horrible things about your parents and your country? Oh. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, no. I just, you know, I make fun of my dad's accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's mm. a fact. Like, that's standard. <laughs> that's pretty bad. I'm like, <laughs> I make fun of people, uh, some Chinese like accent. That's a fact. That's nothing shame about it. I was shot, and but she started weeping on my shoulder. Jeez. Oh, I was like, I was like, thank you. Oh, you're not here. To These millennials. Me. I was gonna say, send her to a college She's campus a, in America. <laughs> She's ready. She's not a millennial, and is she saying that the next thing she said is she, like. I'm saying this because I'm also living a, in a... She's like, I live in States for like a few years. I know what's American culture. I'm pretty sure this is not American culture. Why does it have to be... What? She she's, wanted to make sure I know that Chinese? she's not... No, I was doing English shows. Yeah, but still, you're in China. Who cares she's if it's a Chinese. American culture? She's like, you know, she's like, I'm not... You know, she just wanted to tell me that you, I'm not illiterate about... Stand up. Oh. I know the culture, right. but still, you she are not. She spent some time at Bard College, and I was she's so like, "Trust shocked. me, I've been to America. I understand comedy." I'm, yeah, yeah. So that was very awkward. I had to sober up, mm. and I was no like, more hugs. Yeah, no more hugs willy nilly. No, you gotta wait like, to hear what they have to say first. Oh, you were drunk true. too. I, people give me shots. Oh yeah, to give uh, me compliments. On stage? No, no, no. Off stage. Oh. Off stage. I was like, it's like a receiving line. Pretty lame. They kind of hit shot and a hug. I thought it was another, you know, happy cheer person, but it Listen. ended up. To Did be she it. give you a shot of anything or no? Just came no. Right in. Her friends were standing silently in distance, and they look at me. They're like, "Just you make her cry, you motherfucker." I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like "Oh my goodness." Yeah. She made her cry. Yeah. I don't yeah. think it had anything to do with you. Yeah, that's wow. your new goal next time you're back in China, Turner. Make an old lady cry. But like it's like opposite here, but the young people are like totally loose and like, yeah, it's cool. And the old people are real touchy in China. Still. Yeah, it's the opposite. No, in America, oh, yeah, yeah. It's in America the opposite. young people are touchy. Old people, like you say, yeah, you, you can't do Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's Touch insane. on what? Like, you can't do anything. Like, uh, if you were to go like to a show at a college campus, you would like, you'd be kicked out like nine different ways. I had someone get mad at me. They said they almost left. They said their friends wanted to leave the show because I, would, I had a joke where I speak Chinese and they thought that I was doing a fake Chinese accent and I what? was a racist. <laughs> yeah. What? And they were like, oh no, like, I'm so glad we, they came back the next week and they were like, oh, I had to tell you something that happened last week. Our friends stood up and wanted to leave <gasps> and we we had to force them to stay because they thought you were racist making fun of Chinese uh, people. Oh I was like, God. I was just speaking Chinese. Mm. Oh, Don't God. do 
that. Ah. That's cultural appropriation, speaking Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> Learning foreign languages now is a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, but usually old people are pretty laid back here. But, Interesting. Yeah. They lived through the 60s, 70s. What do they care, you know? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> the 70s. <laughs> 70s. So, um, so what, so... What's like the new deal? Like, what's it gonna do? Are you gonna like be touring more, or what? How do you tour now? Well, China, I, Asia, what kind of? It's mostly like I reach out. Like, I will, for example, I will ask Andy for advice if I ever go to Thailand, and then he will try to yeah. hold me up with the local clubs. But it's all like organized by myself, and yeah. then I all all use my annual leave. So I'll be like, okay, this year's annual leave, I plan to go to a few different places and all do stand up. Yeah, so. from your yeah. What is your your what's day your job? job? Um, I work in uh, like a food company and I do sales. Oh, yeah. And they're okay with you just taking off. And- the thing is, like when my boss asked me to work for him, he knew my agenda, so I did not block him of my social cool like yeah. moments and stuff. And then I was like, boss, you know, I'm not giving up on this, right? He's like, yeah. He, again, he says like. I want my daughter to be like you. I don't know why people keep saying that to me. Wow, but, uh, look at you. Okay. Feminist uh, icon. But, uh, <laughs> Feminist icon. <laughs> but yeah, but still, like he's like, I trust you that you can handle work um, while you are traveling. I still have to, you know, work on my emails, for example, in the morning when it's um, China time, when I'm in New York. <laughs> but still, he's being very flexible. And then also, every time I ask for leave, he's like, so which country are you going this time to do stand up? Oh, cool. I was like, okay, this time will be this. But now, yeah. like this company, fun. Uh, so hopefully, they will help me to do all the logistics that I don't have to organize. That's I don't great. have to. Yeah, you know, Just sit reach back out. and tell. We jokes. go to Japan too. Yeah. Since you cash those checks. Cash a check. Yeah. I, I'm not sure it's gonna be you know, a lot of you know money making on that end because they are always they are still very new in this thing, and I know that the very That's reason true. why I think there's no full-time comedian comedian in China because nobody can make money just from performing. But that company makes a lot of money. From online shows. They give it, they offered it all to Drew. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Their whole budget they give to Drew. <laughs> that was the budget for Drew them. Drew was a spoiled. <laughs> and he turned it down. Yeah. Maybe they, oh my gosh. you should go in for that offer, Turner. Yeah, exactly. I'll come back. <laughs> <laughs> so so you're doing so how's yeah, you're one of like how many people are still doing English language comedy? Because a lot of us, you know, Left. Hit the boat. The country. <laughs> yeah. Left is a and just polite way to say there. it. Yeah, left you behind. <laughs> Got kicked out, left, whatever, uh, you know. There's, there's still a few, like the Kung Fu comedy people that you know of. Are yeah, still... Jorge. <laughs> Jorge, Ben Frank. Yeah, they're, they're still around. Um, but I, I see, like, because when I join the club, I think most people are just doing stand-up within Shanghai. But now I see a trend that people are going out of Shanghai to other cities in China yeah. and also abroad to do more shows, which I think is a development of progress, progress. Everyone's touring. Yeah. 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 And you guys have a weekly show, right? At our old club? Or no, is that not true? That's open mic. Okay. The well, well, what, we, semantics. We, yeah, yeah, semantics. Don't <laughs> oh, worry about okay, it. Okay, yes. okay, okay. Say yes. Um, what yeah. when is that? Promote it. People are going to be listening. They want to come out. Yeah. If you go so visit com- Shanghai you or if you're living, we have Chinese uh, listeners. If you China. love open mic comedy. Yeah. The, it's it's an, actually a really good open mic. Scripted, we always have no. a big audience, not a big, like maybe 30, 40 people-ish now, um, audience, like real audience. And you audience. have a staff of yeah. producers. <laughs> yeah. um, so it's you, so, Jorge, and Ben? Is that who runs it or who runs it? Uh, I think it's Ben and Jorge that runs it. Oh. Um, oh, it's not you. Like, right. But we all help because we are in the same neighborhood and we try to still make it feel home but um it's a wednesday night 8 30 p.m um in 
now it's called the GOAT. So um, I, won't, I, won't, I won't use that name. It's the former Kung Fu Comedy Club. These people the took it over and changed the name to GOAT. Goat? Yes. <laughs> it's the worst name of all time. The greatest of all time. Is, that where is it like a stand for that? Oh, or I don't know. Is it? it is. Oh, it is. It That's is. It. But oh. nobody knows about it. You have to explain to them. Um, so uh, I ate GOAT the It's other an day. acronym We're, in a foreign language. Yeah. I don't, I don't. They should well, go back, but I guess they can't. They have no, they can't go back. Yeah, that's yeah, the key, yeah. right? Yeah, it's like in a, in New York City, like uh, they made a thing where you have to change, you have to list all your calories informations if you're a chain restaurant. Oh, restaurant. So Houston's just changed their name to Hillstone. Really? It's the same restaurant. They just changed the name so they get around the loophole. So they don't have to list calories. Yeah, they have to list calories. That's what we do in America. So that's what they did here, just to stay in business. They just changed the name. So no, it's it's a completely different, <laughs> different group okay. of people. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah, We're, the goat. Check, check it out. out. Check it out. Check out Goat. Goat. <laughs> is it called Goat Comedy Club or just Goat? Just Goat. Just Goat. All right, whatever. Maybe don't check just, it out. Yeah. Uh, where can people see you, though? Um, Outside of Goat. You can, um, like, for the Chinese, like, all the shows, I don't have a specific venue because okay. we are all, like, you know, flexible comedians. But you can find me on Instagram. I yeah. post a lot of my show schedules on there, which is Nora Young 37 uh, Nora as in Nora Jones, Young as in Young, a surname, and then 37. <laughs> so, <laughs> young, as young. young as in Young, the name. <laughs> Very cool. Nora, all right, we're going to get to the news. You want to stick around? Of course. All right, play the music. First news story of the week comes to us from the Daily Mail, our friends. I think that's the, is that United Kingdom? That's from the UK, yes. 17, around the world now. 17-year-old boy makes thousands of dollars every month working as an ASMR boyfriend who helps women drift off to sleep with softly spoken role-play videos. <laughs> Owen Dennis Riley, a Savannah, Georgia native, makes $3 per thousand videos, thousand views, and has had his videos viewed 60, over 68 million times. What does that mean? What does ASMR mean? Nora, do you know? Um, yeah. I don't know the full like word, but I know that ASMR is basically the sound like you make the sound that make people comfortable. It could be anything. It could be the sound uh, sound. It could be the sound that people are like rubbing paper. Some people love that. Oh, oh, oh be... yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what that is. Yeah, I've okay. seen those videos. So this guy makes uh, like millions He's of dollars. He's a sound dollars. machine, basically. He, this is <laughs> insane. We can't get, here's my first point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, can't, pay, we can't get more than eight people to subscribe to our Patreon page <laughs> yeah. and give us $5 a month. We put out uh, our podcast, whatever, and this guy gets 68 million people to listen and him scrunch paper together. Which is ridiculous because our wrap-up show, people, if you want it, we can make it you fall asleep. We can make it that boring. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should just switch this whole podcast. We can just talk really. Us rubbing we paper together. Rub some paper and or like, talk. Or um, basically just make like a very soft sound. Like I think what this guy is doing is that he will talk to people to sleep. There, there's actually like very legit <laughs> ASMR like influencers in China right now. It's also trending in China. Who are they influencing? Um, so Sleepy it will people. be... <laughs> No, it will be like some like I, I've seen like more female influencers. They will talk to to for example, they'll be like, "Okay, let's sleep." Oh no! I'm on your right hand side now. Just breathe and turn over. 
Oh, why are you thinking like that? Oh, that's kind of lonely. People are a, lonely, huh? but people subscribe to that and, because that's what I mean. Because they like don't have a girlfriend or a boyfriend or something. Yeah, or they don't have a friend in general. Oh, that's too bad. But they have. I guess it's better than shooting a school. Oh my goodness! <laughs> why are you comparing these? Two? No, I'm just saying it's better. I'm saying it's better. Yeah. If you're lonely, you know. Get but a, this guy is like making too. Many too much money that I cannot because we have tons of people doing the similar thing in China. So you can get a virtual. They call it virtual boyfriend or girlfriend, oh, and they will also um they will send you like voice messages. They will pretend to be a boyfriend for like a couple of like R and B per day. Or, like, <laughs> really? Yeah. Boyfriend who calls you yeah. before you go to sleep. If at you night? if you like, do they complain Chow that Chow you Chow didn't do the dishes? No, but they'll be like, oh, so what kind <laughs> of boyfriend do you want to be? You can be like, oh, I want someone who's like, uh. I don't know, like very gentle, just like sweet, and then do everything that I would ask you. So there will be. I want abusive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I want the verbally abusive boyfriend to call me. Someone who comes yeah. over and oh wow, so wait, really? Like, Is that popular? I don't know how you define popular, but I've seen it, and I know because you can see the con- transaction number, right? I've seen like some high volume transact- transaction in some of the Taobao stores. So a lot of people are doing it. Do you yeah. know anyone who does that? Not by name, I, Drew Freilich, but not by name. <laughs> I, I only know like one girl I was talking about. Uh, she was doing, you know, the, the sound. Yeah. And she is one of the most popular um, influencer on, or like so-called YouTuber on Bilibili.com, which is a Chinese YouTube. Billy Billy. Yeah. They sponsored the Shanghai Sharks, my favorite Chinese uh, yeah. basketball team. Yeah. They changed their name to the Shanghai Billy Billies. The Shanghai Billy Billies. <laughs> which people find it to be hilarious. It is hilarious. They <laughs> changed the whole team name from the Sharks. But, wow. But okay. these people, but they're making a video for them. They're not like calling people. This right? guy's doing guy, what the call. Can I ask? Wait, yeah. what's so the calling thing? You you. It's a automated program, or it's, it's an like actual, it's it actual, actual person. It's an actual person. So I do this. I was always like, great on the phone when I was in <laughs> yeah. by the old days. I used well, to, we used to have this phone sex. <laughs> yeah, hotlines. Well, yeah, phone sex used to be looked down <laughs> that upon. Still exists? That's, I don't. Th- yeah. yeah, do people still call one eight hundred one nine hundred numbers? Matt, I don't you know. know. And so what's <laughs> happening is like so like we did a research on that because we found it to be funny, and then we just call like all together um, we tried to do a vlog out of it and we call all together um, to one of the guy like virtual boyfriend guy it's so funny so first of all they will use a very handsome guy's picture which is definitely not them oh yeah because you can see the picture later like, oh okay there's someone else yeah and then handsome hey, guys are not good on the phone this, <laughs> this is catfish yeah <laughs> paid, paid to be catfished yeah <laughs> And then he'll be talking to you. He'll be like, okay, so what are you doing today? You, you know, it's charged by time. So he'll be like, okay, an you. hour? Is it how much? You it's know, charged by that hour. This yeah. is phone sex. Yeah, but we should it's, do this. F- it's, no, because people used to call phone sex. sex hotlines just to talk. It was remember? by the minute. That was charged okay. by the minute. Yeah. Well, you guys are more advanced then because there's nothing. Well, at least from what I heard from that specific guy that we tried to do a prank call. He did not do any like sexual stuff. It's more like Wait, just it's natural not sex stuff. anymore. This new generation, they're not about sex anymore. It's no. about just being talked to. You want, to, they want someone to listen to their day. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they, want, literally. they want to talk about the the girl who they're friends with at work who they actually hate. It's to somebody who pay attention. You, yeah. I mean, you I seem like a professional. Job. I can do this job. <laughs> you find I, your dream job. I, I would yeah. come just like when I when I used to call girls when I was dating on the actual phone. I would br- I'll, I'll create some bits if we need to, some talking points. <laughs> I'll have a paper, pen and paper ready, and then I'll listen. I could do yeah. this. We get this be our Patreon idea. Do it. <laughs> this is great. Sign us up. Yeah, <laughs> ASMR. They, they literally, will be asking you know, how's your day? And it's all very low voices. Very low voice. How's yeah. your day? And then they will send Tell pictures of them, which is definitely not them. Again, they're like, okay, I'm playing basketball, <laughs> and it's definitely not him because right. you know, like the guy is too handsome to do this shit yeah. job, and um, and then make you feel that you have a virtual boyfriend. 
Oh my goodness. That's crazy. And I what have, if you uh, ever can, I have you, an pay, open mic night can you pay extra to meet or you can't meet? I don't think so. We didn't ask that question, but because nobody thinks he's that handsome. So, yeah, I think it's just only on the phone. And wait, plus, because the fake picture, the guy wasn't that handsome, you didn't ask if you could meet? <laughs> All right, last, wait, last news story of the week. Should we go Japan or should we go Halloween? I guess Japan, right? We can do... Let's do Japan. Want, yeah. It's now or never on this story. Teen Vogue. This story comes from Teen Vogue, which is hard-hitting news now in America. Japanese women are petitioning against a rule that requires them to wear high heels to work. It's called the, you know, we had the Me Too movement in America. Yeah. This is called the Kutu movement. What's a, <laughs> what is Ku yeah, stand? K-U? I don't know. Oh. I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> the strict dress code that makes it essentially mandatory for women to, uh, the, the strict dress code that makes it essentially mandatory for women to wear high heels has been compared to modern foot binding by two Kutu supporters. Mm. Today, we submitted a petition calling for the blah, 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 whatever. High heels at work. What do we think? Well, I mean, I think it should be mandatory. Okay. <laughs> to wear high heels at work. Yeah? I mean, yeah. No? I think that there's, here's, here's what I think. I think there needs to be a middle ground between Chinese work dress code and Japanese work dress code. Because I used to work in an in office for over 10 years in China, and people will wear, like, Mickey Mouse t-shirts, but then the next, next person will have, like, formal dress on. And there's no, like, rhyme or reason. People show up in sweatpants to work a lot. I guess the U.S. is kind of going this way. Well, Amer- yeah. But used- in Japan, is like, very formal. And China is very, like, just whatever you woke up in that morning. I mean, in America, my I mean, obviously, I'm the wrong person to ask. I should, like, ask my wife. But my observation is that we used to have a situation where a lot of women would wear, like, sneakers or comfortable shoes to work. And they'd bring their heels. Oh, yeah. And they change. Yeah. I think that's kind of gone away. Because I just look and I'll see women who are dressed nice. Nicely, professionally, and they're just wearing like cool sneakers. They don't bring they're, the, cho- the there's clothes. There's no changing. There's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was like yeah, was, well, like one of her most exciting things about moving to New York was that she got to wear sneakers to work. Yeah, but like I mean, a full like dress. It's right. definitely generational because like Randy Kaplan was like eight and a half months pregnant wearing heels. <laughs> <laughs> she would not make that switch, but I, I don't know. What's it like in your office in Shanghai? Um, well, I think it really depends on the companies. Um, for example, I work for like you know consulting firms before, or like a research firm before, and those are very international. And you do have the dress code that you have to wear, you know, business oh, okay. casual, like every single day. Um, and uh, but if you are, because a lot of people are doing like you know, media stuff, that's very relaxed and very chill, so they can just wear like, whatever they want. They're influencers. Influ- influencers will actually wear nicer because they will. What do the virtual boyfriends wear? I don't know. <laughs> just like a regular guy, but with good-looking face. I remember this guy. Like this is the height of. Uh, I went to a wedding one time in China, and everyone, like the a lot of people, were dressed up. Yeah. And then the photographer was in an Osama bin Laden T-shirt. <laughs> that's and like, uh, and I think it was an Australian wedding, but still, it was, was that, like that's they, a hipster shirt in that part of the world. <laughs> I don't. I think he didn't know what it was. It was just like I'm wearing a T-shirt and shorts. Who cares? Well, you know who benefits from the um, the not, women not wearing heels? Who who should be in favor of this? It's short guys. Yes. It's psychological, but all of a sudden, women who are shorter than you, who become taller than you. Very true. Uh, short, and then, you know, I think that. So, short real, guys should be for this. Yeah, so I'm flip flopping. <laughs> okay, you're off. You're on. I'm pro, yeah. All pro right. Q2. Make, let's make sure to say Q2. I don't think anyone knows what it means. That's Nora speaks cool. Japanese and she doesn't know what it means. <laughs> yeah. That's why it's cool. If We're girls have to wear high heels, I think guys should wear six packs. Then mm. we are both happy at work. Beer? 
Six packs of uh, muscle. Like He-Man oh, costumes. Nah. Oh, He-Man. <laughs> <laughs> I'll wear my I'm He-Man. In. I have it when I was a kid. My that's a good way to go out for Halloween. <laughs> yeah. We still got to come. All right, that's it. Uh, Nora, thank you for doing the podcast. Yeah, thank pleasure. you very much. Everybody, go to lostamericapod.com. Find me at turnersparks.com. I'll be in Northern California touring in November. I'm going to be at the Throckmorton Theater. Wow. The Throckmorton. November 12th, I believe. I'm not sure. And then I'm all over the place. That's it. Cap, what should we do? I think we should get lost. Get lost. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.